0: determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com
1: the baseball season is go 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 it's non-stop relentless for every night six straight months and then hopefully another month in october When it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate.
2: This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Gold. He takes
1: everybody up.
2: From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. From Zlatan Ibrahimović's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair.
1: We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 448. It's Monday morning as we're recording this. Scott has had quite the day already. I was... You got on to the call, started bitching about what happened. You can mention it if you want. I was a little afraid to tell you how my morning has been, based on how your morning. I didn't want to. I didn't want to brag or. What'd you go for a walk, walk I, on the beach? I I went for a walk on the beach and then I swam in the ocean and then I came and and we're about to record. Yeah, I mean, mine, mine also, mine also includes water. There's there's some, <laughs> there's right. water included in mine, but no, I I was water, uh, water activity. I woke up at six fifteen this morning to the sound of the water running. And ends up being Kemp in his bathroom, with the water running, sink plugged, a uh, little little like a dog bink thing that he sleeps with in the in the sink, overflowing all over the bathroom. Was that what clogged the sink, or was it the actual? Oh no, no, sink? He, he made sure it was stopped first. He he pushed it down with his finger, and then, um, <laughs> and then. And then the water was just everywhere. It was all over the bathroom, which is on the second floor, mind you. So what does water do? It goes downhill. And yeah, you go down to the kitchen and water is just literally pouring through the like light fixture over my kitchen table. And there's a waterfall happening in my kitchen onto the table, onto the wood floors. And I'm just like running around frantically with my wife uh, with towels, just trying to clean things up and make sure that things don't get ruined forever. So yeah, that you was my little, morning. That was, that's how you I got a out. little wet bandit on your hands. Yeah. That was, that was a good, I'm glad you stole my joke that I gave you tw- 15 minutes ago. You, <laughs> you weren't going to say it. <laughs> yeah, no, that was my morning. So, but you know what? It's okay. It's okay. We caught it. It could have been worse. could have been worse. could have been a lot worse. Could it have? We've learned, we learned a lesson. We have to lock Kemp in a room. I hope child services is not listening to this, but I think they'd support you. On this <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, it could have been worse. Could have been, we could have caught it literally like three minutes later and probably my whole first floor would have been flooded. But at that point, because it wouldn't have so taken a hole much. in your roof, would have cave did and baseball's back. We're not talking about the, the ifs, ands, or buts this week. We're talking about some, some actual things happening, which is good. I'm very happy about this. <laughs> We're all going to summer camp. We're all going to summer camp. If, everyone get on your private jet and go to summer camp, like, um, Eric judge and Tyler Wade and. Mike Ford snuck his way into that picture. Is this did, did Mike the picture Ford I'm just about? did Mike Ford uh adopt the the Trenton Thunder <laughs> No, that wasn't the Derby? The, that's not. No. I mean, might as well That's not it wasn't a golden retriever. It, it looked like a golden retriever to me. I'm I'm gonna go back and look at the videotape, but I'm pretty sure it was.
0: He's just like, so I'm, he's assuming, like I'm
1: just gonna offseason, I got it. I'm assuming they were in California and flew back east, right? I mean, yeah, I guess. Tyler Wade was on that, on that ship right there. Was... Yeah, why was Mike Ford, though? Ford's a Jersey guy. Maybe Ford's out in Cali right now. I don't know. Maybe yeah, he's quarant- quarantining Cali. Even though it's quarantine, he's not really a thing anymore either. It's like he's just out in Cali doing his – maybe he trains out there. I don't know. Are you – oh, I forgot to say that this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. betonline.ag they got a lot of action going on like you said baseball's back sports are getting ready to come back hopefully knocking on wood use code BlueWire at betonline.ag are you so because there's like i've noticed there's two separate camps as far as baseball's back and sports are back one of them is i'm so happy i'm just going to be positive yay baseball's back i'm not going to look at any of the bad stuff and then the other one is uh coronavirus is still very real this is not realistic. None of this is going to happen. Where do you fall on that spectrum? <clears throat> uh, until it's until it doesn't happen. If it doesn't happen, I'm I'm going as if we got baseball back because I need okay. I need to latch onto things. That's why I, I <laughs> you need hope. Yeah, I need hope. And I said Derby. It's Rookie. My bad. Uh, the dog's name is Rookie. I knew that wasn't right when I said it. But no, it's a. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of obviously. There's, you know, it's in the news, and you're seeing all the the cases start to go back up again. But it seems like, um, it seems like they're 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 preparing for that. Honestly, like, because what what happens is when they when they report to camp, there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of guys that are going to test. They're positive. all going to test, yeah. And there's so the thing is they report on the first, and then there's a three day testing yeah. period. And they're gonna, we're gonna find out like what percentage of the league, and it's not just players, it's also coaches and trainers, and and there's so many people when you think about it. And one thing that kind of annoys me is, you know, people are like, "Oh, baseball should be able to get back first because they're they're not a contact sport or anything." Yeah, we talked about I'm, that. I'm, no, no did we already say? It yeah, was? because it, if they're tested, if they're testing uh, negative, then it doesn't matter what, what exactly. What's happening. Like what's the difference? It's all, it's all the surrounding aspects of people who pose the threat. It's not once you test the players and the players are out on the field, they should be able to do whatever they do. Yeah. No, it's, it's all good. I, I think, I think, yeah, there's going to be kind of like a, a wave of that happening. Right. And I, and they, they must know it's coming. Like it's they are they should be preparing for that. So I have a feeling that's kind of why they're not putting up the schedule yet. They're, they're waiting to see how this looks. Plus they don't have to, they don't have to, completely tailored around fans anymore because fans don't go to the stadium for for these games so there's less logistics in that sense of scheduling and they could figure it out more so towards the digital aspects of of scheduling rather than the in real life type uh, of scenarios that they need to go through so um they're gonna wait a little bit and just make sure that i think they have uh, everything buttoned up which i'm fine with like yeah selfishly i want to see what it is but well, it's a fluid situation, right? Cuz things how they stand now, the plan is 60 games, 40 of against your division opponents and then 20 against your NL geographical division. So the Yankees are going to play the NL East and the AL East. That could all change depending <clears throat> on what happens with coronavirus between now and and July 23rd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we could th- that's the thing like you can talk about all of the the what ifs probably forever. We could go through every scenario. At this point though, there's nothing to there's even nothing to speculate besides the fact that they are clearly making some kind of contingency plan. I, it seems like they are. And and there's there's a there's a life, I think there's a there's a scenario here where we get a lot of a lot of minor league baseball players playing in the major leagues this year. I think that's going to happen. Which and so and and you know what like again, like the product of what we're going to get is going to be different this year and I think that's just going to be part of the difference. Honestly, I think do you say that because of it could be risky where guys might test positive, then they have to go quarantine for yeah. two weeks and they can't play, and then you need fill-ins, right? So you know, look, there are people talking about the way that um, this is affecting different people and how it's not as serious for certain people. There's certain demographics, and it doesn't really matter if you if they test positive, they're going to have to be in isolation. That like that's going to happen because of the protocols that they're put, they're putting in place. So so yeah, if they don't get uh, if they test, if they test positive, someone tests positive, it's at some at some point, they're gonna be on the shelf. And then they have to get what two or three consecutive positive, uh, negative tests to come back as well. So yep. there, there's going to be that's I mean, that's another thing. The testing isn't like hundred percent accurate where we are right now. So it's it's sort of like it's still a figuring it out as you go with yeah. with the testing. But too. I think that's what they're going to do. They're gonna figure this out as they go, and they're going to put a product on the field. In some way, in some fashion, unless just all hell breaks loose. But um, they're they're you know they're they're being able to take care of the the uh, the, the guys that are testing positive. Apparently, they're the, the, they're managing the health aspects of that. So it's a matter of just like getting them out of the uh, out of the area so that you can you don't affect the rest of the people. And that that's gonna be the tall task. That's gonna be a hard thing to do. And that's why I do think that we are going to see. You know, a significant amount of minor leaguers that would not be playing in the major leagues this year uh, on the the field at more times because it's just going to happen. And guys are going to get nicked up, I think, a little bit more easily this year, too, because of the the ramping up of this whole thing. I I don't understand. Do you think they're doing the things like the players can't spit? They have to have the wet rag in their back pocket if they want to. Moisten up the ball a little bit. They can't have sunflower seeds. They can't high five. They can't sit close together in the dugout. Do you think all of that is for like public perception and public show? Like, hey, listen, we're following the rules too. No, or, I think some is of it's also, that overkill. I think some of it's also to what you just said. Like, the testing's not a hundred percent, so they got to take the precautions on the field as well. Like, yeah, theoretically, everybody should be, real, you know, should be good. But if if there was a missed test or if uh, there was a ball drop somewhere, which Will happen. I mean, that's just human nature. Things are going to happen, and then also the fact that it's not 100 percent testing. Uh, you're going to have things that slip through the cracks, one way or another. So, I think taking all precautions is is definitely uh, to their best interest, and that's that's what they're definitely trying to do. Uh, how they implement it, I don't know. You know, guys are just so used to doing certain things that I mean, we've all accustomed we've we've become accustomed to new things. I think over the past three months, so maybe it's a, a, a an easier transition for each individual. I don't know, but. Um. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they how they manage all that stuff. But that stuff is so ingrained in the in just like the the what you do as a baseball player, not thinking about it. You just you spit, you eat seeds, you. Death. I know. How are they gonna police that? Like if 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 a guy does spit out, uh, he's playing second base and he spits. What happens? Does he get taken out of the game? Does he get punished? No, I'm sure there's warnings happening. Like, yo, did you spit at me? Did you spit at me? <laughs> you know i don't know was it roberto alomar who spit at the umpire i'm sure there were multiple didn't he spit in the umpire's face back in like the early 90s he did actually i'm pretty sure it was him. Now, right in his eye i think (laughs) there's yeah i mean if you if you spit in the direction of somebody too like that's just completely offensive well you can't argue face to face with umpires this year yeah yeah no fights no fights either um so no brawls nothing like that uh yeah I swear to God, the Astros are just like this is the greatest scenario for them. Completely off the hook. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> There's so dude. It's so much has happened since that. I'm like, that's another lifetime, ago. right? Like, I don't even care. I mean, I care, but at the same time, like, I don't really care. Exactly anymore. part of the part of the narrative and how they've been left, uh, you know, let off the hook. Yeah, they've been let off the hook. That's just happenstance. There's nothing that's like, oh, I can't believe. Until we that find out, baseball did. Yeah, this. until we find out that you know, that, uh, that Bregman was the reason for this whole thing.
2: <laughs>
1: he's patient zero. Yeah, <laughs> he's such an ass. I wouldn't be surprised. I know. I see. I, I kind of liked Bregman at first. I thought he was like the You know, he was definitely cocky. But I was like, oh, you know what? I can respect that. He's kind of seems like an interesting. It's like a fun guy to hate. Yeah, like respect his talent, that sort of thing, but yeah, he's just him and Correa, so douchey. Yeah, they've definitely, definitely uh, gotten on the on a, on a different path as far as the way that I look at them for sure. Especially Bregman, honestly, man. Bregman is just like terrible, and in Correa is just very tone deaf. We, you know, we've I've talked about all the players that I've hated over the years. Most of them Red Sox because of the rivalry and stuff, but like. Other than the Astros players, is there a player in baseball? Jed Lowry for you, but, but like, is there it's a guy? Lowry, not Jed. Oh, whatever. A, <laughs> I just hate the I just Another hate Lowry face. that aren't related. I know. Yeah, and, like, I, sure, like, part of – I forget who I'm even thinking about. Like, there's guys I just – Chase Headley. I hate Chase Headley. <laughs> but. See, normally I hate my, our own guys than other guys. Um, but, like – yeah. Other than the Astros players like Bregman and Correa, there's not a ton of hateable guys around the league. And I actually think that's a bad thing. It is a bad thing. I think, well, I think th- fuels, it It, it like, goes down to the rivalries though. That that's, that's why yeah. the Red Sox players were, were such hated, uh, you know, enemies of the state for, for a long time because the rivalry was good. And, and there, it was, there was, there was a lot of passion there when that, when that goes away, you stop being emotional towards those players. Now, we have all we all have emotions, especially Yankees fans, towards the Astros because of what happened, because that they beat us. So there's there's things that happen on the field too that fuels that. I think that, and that's the most powerful type of of like of intensity uh, as a fan. Like if you get hurt on the field, and then all of a sudden they're backing it up with like like dickhead moves off the field. Like now now we got grounds for a true uh, hated rivalry, and that's when sports gets good as long as you're not cheating and completely just making a mockery of the game and that's how you're getting to that point so there's a lot of fuel in that with the uh with the Astros players I mean Beltron was like the most loved guy in the world and, and people are like this guy f this guy yeah Beltron was a universally he was a universal good guy in baseball. yeah yeah now he's just mild-mannered like nothing nothing bad right about him. now he's disappeared <laughs> He would have been managing the Mets. He would have been year. managing the Mets, which some would say disappearing as well. But, you know, he's he's a guy that really fell off the face of, of, uh, of the baseball planet. Pretty, pretty. In crazy. an alternate universe, in an alternate universe, A-Rod is like the face owner of the Mets. And Carlos Beltran is the manager of the Mets. Yeah. Almost very pretty close. I would, maybe maybe A-Rod brings him back because we all know A-Rod loves second chances. And third chances and fourth chances. <laughs> and fourth chances and then being very public about them. The uh, So back to the schedule and the 60 games against the teams that the Yankees will be playing, the Red Sox, Rays, uh, Orioles, Blue Jays, Mets, Braves, Phillies, Nats, and um, Marlins. The uh, Milan wrote a good article on the website sort of breaking down how the Yankees have done versus those teams over the past three years. And they have a combined 621 winning percentage against those teams. So the Yankees have... Fared well and their schedule based on 2019 finishes is actually one of the easiest in the league. Their opponents have a combined 480 winning percentage. That's the fourth easiest in baseball. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. I mean, I think that the the way that the schedule could play out um should be you know, I just think it's gonna be so different this that I don't know how much the schedule is gonna play into a lot of these teams. Well, you have, but you have like they avoid the way you have you have the 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 mediocre teams. And I think we're going to see some surprising mediocre teams this year too because of the, the structure of what's happening. So I think we're going to see a, a different type of competition. I don't know. I think it's just going to feel very different. It, well, obviously. But they avoid the Astros in the regular season. Some people are pissed about that. I'm actually kind of thinking that could be cool because if they face the Astros this year, that means it's in the playoffs. Yeah. Prime for revenge. It's kind of like – back in the old days when you only face American League National League exactly yeah they're not like that I do like that aspect they're not playing the two and especially because there's not gonna be fans in the stands you know what I mean like I kind of want to save it for 2021 when hopefully there's fans in the stands again and then the Astros come to the Bronx on like an August weekend and we can just go bonkers right yeah but and then also the anticipation for this year could be built up into a playoff atmosphere right at home on your couch (laughs) They're avoiding the Twins, which I know they stomped the Twins, but they're going to be a good team this year. The White Sox, who should be better this year. The Indians, who still have, like, decent pitching. Um, Oakland, who always gives them a hard time. The Angels, who always give them a hard time. They don't have to go out West. So I kind of feel like, even though it's only 60 games, the Yankees are in a good spot to to clean up on a lot of these teams. They, they own the Orioles. The, the Marlins are trash. The... um the, uh, the Red Sox are going to be worse this year. The Blue Jays still have not figured it out yet. I, I still think they're really young. And I think maybe they started to figure things out late in the season last year. But a young team like that kind of needs time to develop. And they're not getting that. So well, I think that's that's true. I think it's going to hinder the some of the young teams as far as coming out of the gate. Um but but yeah no i think it does play to to the to the yankees we, the T- tampa bay philly tampa's a legit threat yep philly uh the Braves Mets and the braves i think are the are the and the nationals obviously nationals. Are the but teams, you you play you're not competing you play those teams but not as but much you're as not, you're playing the east but you're also not competing with those teams for a playoff spot right you have to edge out the your own division opponents so it's kind of you know it's kind of weird to think about it that way and that's always the case for interleague play. You're not competing. You still have to win your games. But the percentages now, it's much. It's you got so to win your difference. division games. You win your division games, yeah. you're going to be in the playoffs. 100%. That's what it comes down to. The 40 games against your in-division opponents. Use the other 20 games as like practice almost. Yeah, it all comes down to the head-to-head now in your, in your yeah. division. And specifically, it's going to be every single game against the Tampa Rays is going to be massive. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Because it's going to be literally when you think about the sixty games, you're like, oh, 60 game sprint, yeah. But when you're going against the top, uh, uh the the top opponent in your division, that's that's a ten game series essentially. Yeah, that you're, you you're dealing with, if you go, if you you know, if you struggle against Tampa and you're three and seven against Tampa this year, you're not winning the division, no chance. Yeah, it's going to be unless they have a just an, a you know. An abomination and somewhere else. Then, then it's going to be tough. That's that's where it is. So it's going to be really interesting to watch how how Boone manages these games too. When you're uh, when you're when you're playing, those Tampa. are do or die games against Tampa. Also, you're kind of scoreboard watching a lot more now. Yeah, a lot more. Like you, you're paying attention to the standings to see where you are because those percentage points, those wins and losses in division are going to be huge across the board. So you might see some some pitching being lined up for those games and that sort of thing. You know, yep. if they're playing. If there's a three-game series and they're playing Philly, maybe don't use all your bullpen arms. Save them for the Tampa series. There's going to be a lot of long relief in those, just like to eating, eating innings and 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 you have the guys. You have the you have the taxi squad, you have the extra roster spots in the first week of this two weeks of the season, it's 30. And then the next two weeks it's 28. And then it goes to 26. So you're going to have guys like Michael King, Luis Sessa. Clark Schmidt, maybe like those, those kinds of guys uh, are going to be getting a lot of innings. I specifically, I think against the national league teams. Yeah, I think so. I think we're going to see a lot of those, those like middle relief, long, longer relief guys um, definitely eat some innings against these national league teams. I think that's going to be a huge part because they're going to be lining up some of these pitching staffs for especially Tampa and uh, and again, depending on how this, the, this, the 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 uh, the standings are shaking out, the Red Sox probably because the Red Sox look what their lineup's look? legit still. Yeah, they're not they're they're not the same team by any means. They're not, they don't have the same pitching, but their lineup is still very very potent. Uh, I know they they lost Mookie Betts, MVP caliber player, but they still have uh, some pop in that lineup where they can Bogarts, be a, where they can be a problem. Devers and Martinez are three legitimate offensive like that's a core of a lineup that is still a threat. Yeah. So that they're they're going to make some noise. And I think in a short season, that plays to them better because they're not as deep uh, you know, as any of the teams really know, but in, like, in the league. They <laughs> sales out for the year. They have Eduardo Rodriguez. They have no pitching. They're pitching. And they're trash. and then a bunch of no names in their starting rotation. And yeah. a bullpen that doesn't really have any established names either. You know, they're gonna have to win games eight to seven yeah or get just a you know a handful of surprises from from who these they're not even they didn't have a good farm system in the beginning anyway so it's not like they're pulling up these you know uh you know good talents coming up from the minor leagues guys that they've been waiting for for a while like that doesn't exist Dombrowski took care of that so do an impromptu power let's do an impromptu power ranking of the teams that the yankees are going to um be facing this year in their 60 games i think they're the number 1 spot you agree with that I think they are the best team uh, of the of the teams that they're going to be playing. Yes, here's what I'm saying is I would say the Nationals are ahead of the Rays as far as like a tougher opponent in a, especially in a 60 game season because you could go into a series and be facing Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin. I know I know you're not competing with the Nationals, but I would say the Nationals are a better team for a 60 game season than than potentially the uh, the Rays are. Yeah, I, I have to I have to put them there. I think that I think that the actually there's three teams very very close, and I think it's the uh, the national Nash- <clears throat> excuse me the Nationals, the Rays, and the Braves. I think the Braves are just chock full of young talent that are going to come out of the gate, and they have been meshing. They've had that time to develop. I think they're they were going to be this year anyway, like one of those teams that's just ready to pounce. I think they were going to have uh, they were going to be a big problem in the National League this year. So I see those three teams very very close. With with the with Philly, like just trailing behind uh, them a little bit, but they have a lot of like, you know, they have a lot more veteran talent, I think. So we would uh, I, I I just I don't think that they're overall as talented as a group as the uh, the three teams above them. I think Tampa man is, is poised for this short season. They're primed and ready to go for it. Like they are just so bullpenning for- the entire time. <laughs> they don't even they i mean they have they don't even need to because they have up front starting pitching like you mentioned the big 3 that the nationals have well the rays have it too the rays have all the talent at the top yeah they have they have a they with, don't with, have as good of a big 3 it's very good though them them and then you you look throughout the entire team the way that that team has been built it's extremely well rounded they hit the ball uh they they play for average they they can they can uh, spray the ball around the field like i think they're they're poised and and very primed for this type of season, honestly. And and they're a scary team. So um, but yeah, I think the talent wise, I think the three of those teams are pretty close. The um the Yankees through 60 games last year were a game up on Tampa. Yeah. Which was a surprise. We thought Yeah. But like at the end of this year, if the Yankees are neck and neck with Tampa for the division, like that's what I expect. Sure. I, I expect it too. And I think I think Tampa's also improving they they've continued to improve like i think they're i think they're a good team and they have uh they have young talent that's getting better you know they've got guys that have been breaking out they have guys that are ready to come up um but they're 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 in there man and then from there i mean just keep going on those rankings you look at after philly i think the philly the phillies and the mets are probably pretty close um and then i think there's a drop off you know pretty significant drop off to, I'd, I'd even put Toronto above the Red Sox, honestly. Uh, I don't think you can do Toronto. That well, Toronto, Toronto, uh, getting Ryu. They got some pitching. They've got that young that young core who's just another year into it. I, I could. I, I think they're going to improve. I think they're going to be close. I think the Red Sox pitching, unless they get some major surprises, is going to be a huge problem because there's a lot of offense in Oh, They're garbage. They, they there's they a lot of no offense. Pitching. Like Toronto can hit with them. Maybe. They can definitely hit with them. They have. I mean, they're, they're younger, but they're very good. And when you add mediocre pitching or bad pitching, then, well, then those guys become even better. One thing I also think is a big factor for teams who have new managers this year. I think that hurts them because there's not, there's no established rapport. There's no established clubhouse yet. You know what I mean? And you're kind of doing it on the fly. So the Red Sox have a new manager and it's because Cora got fired. The, um, The Phillies, Joe Girardi, so he's in there for the first time, whereas the Yankees and the Rays and the Nationals, you know, they have something established already. It's just like business as usual as far as like clubhouse, you know, speaking with your manager, lineup cards, sort of like all those like little things we probably don't think of that establishes comfort for players. That's already established with those teams and other teams are are learning it. Yeah. And then you add the the six foot rule and like all these other small rules that you have into play though. It's, I don't know if it's a great equalizer. Are they going to follow that in the clubhouse though? Cause you that's know, what I'm questioning. Like behind closed doors. Yeah. Well, are no, they going to follow it? I mean, they're in the same planes going, you know, on private jets together. So probably not, but the, uh, that, that, that thing, like, I I don't know if that's like more of a great equalizer on the field or if it's a bigger deterrent now, because these, these, uh, these teams can't, do their normal things that they're used to. So it's going to be crazy. Bet online has the Yankees at 38 and a half wins. That's the over under. If you were a betting man, maybe you are, maybe you aren't, are you taking the over or the under this year? On 38 wins, 38 and I, a half. 38 and a half. Yeah. I, I like the over on that one. I'm confident. I think the Yankees have a, a very good team and um, they have had this gelling time for for now three years, right? They, they've, they've been down a road together. And I think that they're those teams. I think you're right on that. I think some of those teams that are that have completely gelled and have a, a strong nucleus are probably the the ones that can really um, you know, t- take this weird time and, and like make it okay and be and be, you know, not have any problems as far as like internal chemistry or things like that. Like I think that's a big deal. And I know some argue chemistry, who gives a shit about chemistry? It's an individual sport with a team behind them. Like it doesn't matter. I think it does. Harold Reynolds and I both think it does. <laughs> so <laughs> The, you have that. You, you got to keep the team together in a sense. Right. And I think that a lot of that is the cheering, the camaraderie, all of those things. And that's going to be just different this year. So having that strong nucleus, having established leaders, I think is very important. Well, there's got World Series odds and those over-unders I mentioned. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back. The good news with baseball is here, which is great. BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. If you need even more action, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, er day, live on their website. Looking for something other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, tournaments, prop bets, and other fun action to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag. Use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That is one word, BlueWire. Bet online your online wagering solution. Um, so quickly, want to run down some other tidbits uh, from the season. August thirty first trade deadline. <laughs> so a month into the season, their teams are going to be deciding: Are we going for it? Are we go not going for it? Also, they're going to be deciding: Are we even going to treat this as we would a normal playoff run? Because there's no fans in the stands, so it's not like we're going to get. We're not going to go acquire a guy for a playoff run to get a bunch of sellouts because that's not a thing. So are they going to be as aggressive on the trade deadline for going for a, quote, championship? I kind of find it weird that there's a trade deadline, actually. Yeah. Kind of feel like just go in with what you got and what you got. Yeah, you yeah. Use your minor leagues to dip into it. I agree. I- I'm wondering how much teams are going to be like, okay, I'm going to give up assets to gain an asset to win this year. Like, right. does it do I really want to do that? Is it really going to have the uh the economic valued impact that owners want to see from a championship if that's that a were big to be factor the in it? It's a huge factor. It's probably the number one factor. Is it worth it? Is it worth to give up assets? I think there's going to be a lot of shuffling around of like not major players personally, like I think that that's where we're gonna see Depth I don't think pieces. Brian Cashman will make a move for a guy we've never heard of. and
0: I, I find it out.
1: very difficult to believe that there's going to be major moves at the deadline unless unless there's just like a, a, a guy that's definitely leaving, they know like that's those are the types of uh, deals potentially that they could be make is if guys are leaving in, for a free agency and but they're not but the thing is if they're leaving, they're not getting anything right? But but, there's no compensation pick. There's so no that's, either, pe- that's an incentive for a team to just give them away for next to nothing because it's better than nothing. Exactly. And that's it. We're going to see lo- these, these trades are going to be devalued and who's going to be the highest value of the, it's like, it's like price is right. Like who's going to be, who's not going to go over like, you know, $1. Okay. $2. $30. So do you like that? There's a trade deadline. I mean, I don't. It's, it's yeah, fine. Like I don't mind the fact that there's a trade deadline. I think that it's, it's whatever they want to use it. It's giving them the ability to have an option. So I think that's fine. Do you think it should have been later in the season? Because it's 50% of the way through the season. Whereas the real trade deadline is more like 66% of the way through the season. Yeah. It probably should have been a little bit later. in like September season. 10th or September 15th or something. Yes. I, I, I think that, yeah. I, and I don't, I don't know if that date, like why that date was picked, but when they're looking at. Because it like looks good on a calendar. Like I know, but when you're looking at the runs, you know, obviously you don't want to get it too far in so that, that that people know exactly where they are and you have big sell offs. Like they don't want that too. But, but so, you're going to have a lot of movement in the last two weeks of the season, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. You're going to. But a lot of the bottom teams are going to look, if there's no compensation pick, I think you're probably going to try to take advantage of it. That's the thing with with so I think that's why they probably knocked it back a little bit because if you go to you know 65 66% that the 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 um, amount of games left obviously is is much shorter because of the uh the length of the season so it's getting it's getting pretty close to the end Another thing is that there's going to be suspended games and no shorten no um canceling out of games so if a game is rained out and it's not the 5th inning yet they just pick it up wherever it left off third inning two outs you pick it up the next day i don't know why they just don't adopt that going forward i kind of especially with like the sitting around for a rain delay to try and fit it in like how many times have we sat there and the yankees are in like a two hour rain delay because you can't do it when there's delay. fans with tickets like that's the problem when when people are paying to go to a game and there's a rain out and it's cut short in a third inning one you're telling them that so is the same ticket now available for the the no rest i mean you just the next you just you just answered my question. <laughs> yeah, you can't do it. <laughs> okay. You convinced me. <laughs> Let's move on. We don't have to talk about that anymore. Um, the uh, universal DH is going to be implemented for 2020 only, TBD for going forward. TBD um, means – I don't know. It doesn't mean to be determined later. It means something else Like that's more definitive because it's happening. This well, is just, it would be in 2022 season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is just a nice test case for what the what they're going to be looking at. This is going to be a dangler in the CBA that's well, going to happen. The players want it. Yeah, I, yeah. And the and the owners were the ones that brought it up this year. So don't we have a deal? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too sounds simple. like a deal. Way too simple. Sounds the like runner, it's going to happen. The runner on second base in extra innings, which I want to talk about in depth a little later and then um other things that i kind of wish they would just try this year cuz it's so different already try a pitch clock why not For try the... a 20 try a 20 second pitch clock when no one's on base just try it and if the guy is over 20 seconds ball one just, just like, boom, just like clockwork, like in- uh, They do it, they do it. Yeah, literally clockwork, good pun. They do it in the minors. I know, but they, so this is part of, they have the system now, right? I don't even know if these are implemented at this point, but the fast track or the uh, the, the system that they have for tennis now, uh, the Hawkeye system that they're moving to, I don't know if those were implemented this year yet. I know they were scheduled to. I'm not even sure if they were. I have to look that up actually. Um, but to see w- you know, how they're going to be doing a lot of the replays, that is something that could be just like- done immediately fast with a lot of, and I think this year could actually be the best year to test it in the majors because no fans are in the stands. So you could actually have like a buzzer and the pitcher will hear it. Yeah. That's the thing you could do. You could do a lot of the things they'd use in tennis. Yeah. And you could have it like behind each dugout. And when it hits 20 seconds, a big siren a big siren goes off. And if he hasn't thrown the ball yet, if he's in the middle of his windup, maybe that'll distract him. But if he hasn't thrown the ball yet, it's a ball one. Like, come on, let's just try it. So, so every individual park can have their own sound. It's like basketball. It's like a psych yeah. out. So if you get 2 a.m. close to that clock, it's happening. It's going to go off. And it might be something ridiculous. It might be the PC Richards whistle. It might be who knows what it is. Do you be, remember the There's old another Yankee player Stadium. for a sponsored sound. Do you remember the old Yankee Stadium um, home run horn? Yep. They should use that because the new Yankee Stadium has a different home run horn. Yeah. And the old Yankee Stadium home run horn was, was like was awesome. It was so good. It was so deep. I rem- visceral. I- it, it it comes through it comes through so well on those uh, on the VHS like recaps of the World yeah. Series and stuff. Yeah. You can really freaking hear that thing. It like you can feel it in your soul. Yeah, I love it. So like I'm getting chills actually when you said that. I got chills because I there's like a ten minute YouTube it. video of that on repeat. <laughs> yeah, we we need to implement that into the show. Let's uh let's let's get. Well, we did on the that. out of left field thing, and someone suggested on Twitter that we add the Bucky Dent deep to left Mm -hmm. as part of the out of left field um, drop. I kind of like the, uh, I kind of like the old Yankee stadium siren. Well, we could use that for something else. All right. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's get that. Okay. We'll get right on it. Why don't they test no shifting this year? I don't think they're ready for it. I don't think they want, I think they don't want to do too many changes. I think this is also a a thing like this whole thing is different. So now adding multiple things is going to just make people go crazy. Uh, The more I think about it, the more I really am on board with no shifting will fix a lot of problems in the game. I think so too. I really, I think it will help a lot. It will, it will definitely help because it's going to, it's going to fundamentally change the way that guys are swinging. Yep. And it creates more base hits, which is more action, which is more fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, we think people think home runs are fun. Solo home runs get boring after a little while. But you know what does, which never gets boring, the double base, in the hits, gap. base hits in the gap, runner going first to third, scoring, movement, movement on the field. That's why never gets people old. love the NBA. That's why people love football when it's in action, because the action is actually like very fun to watch. It's appealing to the eye. You got guys running around doing athletic things. One swing of a bat, now that everybody can do it, is not as much of a feat anymore. So it's been drowned out. Let's bring back the double in the gap. We need to bring back the power alleys. Make the double in the in the gap fun again. Yeah, make the no the power alleys. Yeah, those power alleys need to be sexy again. Ball inside the stadium, sexy. Maybe, maybe we could um maybe they could just like go back to like the old Yankee Stadium uh dimensions where it's like four hundred and ninety-five feet to left center field. The problem with Tur- that is that it triples all day. It's taking out fans. And maybe there'll be uh yeah. there'll be a uh you know, a, a larger – they'll be okay with it after this year with zero fans. So we're only getting rid of a well, few do you now. think fans would care about no shifting? I think, like, teams would put up a stink about that because they've found analytics tell us we're going to pitch better. We're going to get more outs for this. Yeah. But fans, I think, would like it. I think fans would be on board with that universally. I mean, you'll never get a universal fan agreement, but it would be close. I think, I think, fans I would... don't see what the downside is. And other leagues do things with this. There's a neutral zone in football you can't cross. Right. There's a, there's the paint in, in basketball you can't go in for a certain amount of time. The hockey has the blue line. Like, it's not like this is such a foreign concept. No, I agree. Well, because there's no lines. You need lines. We all need lines. Second to base look at. is the line. Second base no, 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 is the no, line. No, no, I need a line to look at. So all put these a other line sports on sports have lines. Put a line, put they a could, line there. We could have the YMCA guys carve some some like lines in the sand and then the guys in the field put the line in the in the in the um in the actual grass. No, but I, I do think it's one of those rules cuz what you're doing now is you're you're making the baseball purists happy because they hate the shift, right? And now you're also – you're taking the the younger crowd, the analytics crowd. Well, they got new analytics to look at and nerd out about now too. It's a little different. Like at some point, they're going to need some new analytics to get all nerdy about and figure things out because we've already seen what the shift can do. But now we can get dirty and see what the shift doesn't do. How does that, how does that take away things? How do those take away outs? Not take away hits. Take away outs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you said it. It 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 fundamentally changes the way batters approach the at bat. It's not just about launch angle anymore because I can get a base hit if I just hit the ball hard. Whereas that kind of isn't the case anymore. Like if you're a left-handed hitter and you hit a missile that would have normally been a base hit to right field, there's a guy in right. There's center just a the guy standing yeah. right standing there and ready the right to field. field it. Yeah, and you hit a ball 105 mile an hour exit velocity, and it's an out. It's like that's kind of unfair. Yeah, I mean the way that they're the way that the pitchers are today and how specialized they are is is really making it much more difficult for the hitters. You know, with the shifts, you add the shifting and the specialized pitching. that that's a whole hell of a lot more harder now for batters. Because they're being tactically approached on an individual basis. That's why we were like. It's so very mes- difficult. It's we really like- the hardest thing to do in sports. And now you have the, the, the deck stacked against you. We were so mesmerized with uh, DJ LeMahieu. Like, oh my God, he's hitting 340. 340. We were treating it like it was like Ted Williams 400. Because we're just used to guys hitting 250. Right. Imagine DJ LeMahieu without the shift. But they don't shift on him. Yeah, because he doesn't, he's DJ LeMayhew. He just but, does what he wants with the bat. Right. But then like if Aaron Judge didn't have a shift, his batting average would go up because he hits a lot of balls hard that that end up just going into the teeth of the shift. That's the thing, though. Like the there's a a double-edged sword to this whole thing, right? Like the reason why guys were shifting is because there were dead pole hitters. And because guys don't use the entire field when they could. So They're, they, the first, the defense made Madden's like, you know what? Like this has been going on. People have been doing this. Let's do it more because these guys, all they do, the, the stats are telling me that Mark Teixeira only goes to right field and all of these singles can be taken away from him. So we're going to have to make him hit the ball in the air. And because he's going to be doing that, there's going to be less surface area for him to hit and more time, less time in the, in the strike zone. And he's going to strike out more and they figured him out. Basically, figured him out. Cancelled. He went Mark. from a 300 hitter Mark to Mark a 240 hitter. So now it would be back. Canceled. They cancelled Mark share. <laughs> so now it would be it, the rules would be the the level playing field, right? And now it's getting back to um, the batters being a little bit more different in the way that they handle things. But again, like the batters today could, if they wanted to, approach the ball the 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 plate differently, approach the pitching differently. You, but you add in the specialized pitchers as well, hard hard thing to do. But even with the shift, the analytics nerds say, we rather you strike out 200 times and try and hit the ball in the right field seats every time up versus just try and hit the ball hard and you might get a base hit to left field. We but that's rather you of get the, the one no? for four home run. But so the, my question is, does do those numbers change when the shift is no longer there and there's more base hits happening? They probably change a little, but... I don't know. I'd like to see it. That's why I'd like to see it. <laughs> it would it be tested. more visually appealing. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, that's, and I, I, look, I, I do think that home runs are going to be probably down percentage wise this year. And I think that we're going to see more of this. Why do you think this? That? I don't know. I just, I feel like because of the faster start, we're going to, we're going to see more contact early on, or at least that's what they're going to be trying for. I think that we're going to see more bat to ball um, than, than guys like, do you getting think their home run see, stroke. Who do you think? They always say that the pitchers have the advantage early in the season because they're fresh and the they know where, don't and have, they know they where the ball's going. And they don't have batters don't have their timing yet. Right. Who do you think gets more benefited now with the, the the weather's heated up? Pitchers are fresh. Batters don't have their timing. Do you think we're gonna see a pitchers dominating? Because normally Garrett Cole's not fresh in, in August. And guess what? He's gonna be fresh in August this year. Yeah, no, I do think we're going to see some I think we're going to see pitchers dominating. I'm very interested to see, though, how long because of the shortened season, because of the way that the schedule is, I'm wondering how long they're going to be allowed to be out there. Because of like any sign of trouble, well, wouldn't it be longer because you're not going to have 200 innings? You're only going to have maybe. 90 innings, maybe. But now the shortened the season is also shorter, so now every game is more important. So now we're we're looking at Boone potentially making like playoff type decisions in the regular season with the pitching. That's so what I'm wondering Tanaka's- about. Tanaka's a four inning starter. Paxton's yeah, a four inning starter. Mm-hmm. Cole's probably a six inning starter, maybe seven. I swear to God, he better be seven <laughs> at least. What's J hap like a two in, two inning starter this year? J hap's going to be like an eight. He's going oh, to oh yeah, he's going to flex on everybody. Cy gotcha. Young, remember? Gotcha. You Got to get Didn't that the simulation. Got to get that option picked up. Yeah, you're goddamn right. Yeah, when... the simulation through the first month of the How season, J hap was contender. the best pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Garrett Cole had like a four point seven ERA. Yeah. So that they, they were living in bizarro world. So let's just see what happens with that. But no, I, I, yeah, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Boone, how, how Boone handles these, especially in division games. Those Tampa games are going to be, Oh, managed. the in division games. There's they're going no to be long as hell. Yeah. They're going to, you're right though. They're going to feel like it's going to feel like an AL, ALCS game. Yeah. They're going to be, especially you get past the first five games or the first into the second time you're seeing somebody like those are do or die. I I saw that um they're not going to do 2-5 game division series, which I thought would have been kind of cool. Um to limit tr- cuz like part of this is also like coronavirus is still very real. Let's get on an airplane as uh infrequently as possible, right? Why go down to Tampa twice? Go to Tampa once, play 5 games and then have them come to New York and play 5 I, I games I mean, there. I don't think the 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 travel from stadium airport uh do the ballparks, really that that big of a deal because they're going to be. I assume that we're, we're all flying help. private at this point. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I just I, I thought it was going to be five game series home, five game series away. Boom, that's it. It's the too much. I out. think it's too much to to put on uh, one time period with a regular season because of. Who's going to be injured? Who's going to be on the the COVID shelf? Who's going to be? You could hit a, a team right now at one time, and you have five I games. Know, but like and now, but like that, and, and they're depleted now. That that's completely sinking their season. That's that, too much that, to risk. I think it was. Dem's the breaks. Nah, like, you gotta you gotta you gotta spread it out a little bit. But think about it. Like every year, there's always a team that the Yankees play from either the AL Central or the AL West, where it's like. The last weekend in April, and John Sterling saying, "Well, we don't come to Detroit anytime any any for the rest of the year. That's it for Detroit, and it's only April thirtieth, right?" But but these are now way more. Uh, these games have way more implications, and the in division games you can't have half of the the games a- at one period of time when you know forty percent of their their team is on the shelf. I thought it would have been fun, though. You don't think it would have been fun? No, because I think it's going to be more fun when you have uh, a third series. It's going to feel like a, a real playoff series, and that's what it's going to be. It's going to, and that's be what it's going to come down to. Probably four game series in one park, and then two three game series in the other park. If I had to guess, unless they break it up and do two game, two series. two game sets, then, then yeah. But that's that's even more travel. I don't know. I just think like the less travel, the better. I know you say private, and I know you say, but well, it also all this it depends stuff. on like where they are. You know, compared to like Miami and and Tampa, like they might put those together. So the, the travel Oh, they definitely, be... I mean, I would hope that they have like a brain when they're making the schedule and it's not like the Yankees are flying around the East coast every week, like go to Florida and play the Florida teams and then go to play the Braves, the Marlins and the Rays on the same road trip. Yeah. Yeah, no, they should be doing that. It's going to be logistically interesting to see if that all works out for everybody, but yeah, they should be, they should be doing that. There's no doubt. So roster the uh, the player pool for the summer camp was released last night. Yankees are bringing fifty eight players to summer camp. There was a max of sixty for teams. No real surprises. I mean, Matt Duffy came out of nowhere. The Yankees uh, signed him infielder. He was with the Rays last year. You probably remember him with the Giants. So I don't know what that is for. That's for depth. Um, that's a that's I mean, a he. I mean, he was a prospect that was highly touted at one point. I think that's a guy that's a. You know, under the Rays, yeah, but he's type like thirty. Isn't he like thirty-three yeah, yeah. now? He's, he's definitely older. He, wasn't did he came over in a? Did he go over there and like the? Was it the Matt Garza deal? I'm looking it up right now. So he is. Oh, he's only 29. Jeez, I'm I'm like so bad with ages. Did Matt Garza? Like I think was Matt Garza was traded or was that a free agent move? No, I think I think and I can't believe I'm everyone. Everyone the on the Rays gets traded. Yeah, so I think that I feel like that was the move. Maybe I'm looking up his. Looking up his, you have the friends. infielders, though, the guys coming up like, so Matt Duffy, Tyro Estrada, like Tyro Estrada is going to have a a place on this roster, I think, and then the Yankees have it broken out into infield outfielders, which I, I think is is pretty funny, um, because these guys are flex guys essentially. But the Miguel Andujar, you got Herrera in there who who is a guy that everybody's very uh, excited about, or at least was at one point, point. and then Tyler Wade, who's the you know the Swiss Army Knife, can go and play at any. Really, any position on the infield, and then play all three outfield positions as well. I think he's going to be a really interesting player this year. Matt Moore, I think, is the guy you were thinking about. Matt he was Moore. He's traded, he yeah, was yeah, traded yeah. to the Rays from San Fran for Matt Moore. Vice for, Yes, that's right. Hmm. Uh, what guy did you say was interesting? I was, I was reading and. That was uh, uh Tyler Wade. I think Tyler Wade's going oh, to to used. Wade. Oh, used, this is the. This is <laughs> yeah, this is the this is the season. This is the way. This is where we are. Okay, what is this? He when was did, looking, when he was did you start? When did you first? He was looking swole too, you know, in that picture. I'm telling you. The guys, the guys He put on him. the he put yeah, on the COVID yeah. he's, he's, he's put on, he put on the corona fifteen It's all muscle. Did uh when was the first season? The corona fifteen was it different. 2016 that you first identified Tyler Wade as a, a wild card for the Yankees? No, bench? it was not that early. It was definitely not that early. 17? It, I think when when uh Tyler Wade Tyler Wade was a guy that they had so much There was hype for Tyler Wade coming up through the system as a shortstop, if you remember. And he was a guy that they had as as a very – a toolsy guy coming up, was hitting in the minor leagues, and and then just finally got to the majors and just couldn't hit. Couldn't hit, went to the minors, would hit for average, would steal a billion bases, and was a guy that was just – you look like a potential 4A guy. And I think we're starting to see now him carve out his role – uh, he he came in the end of the last year and definitely improved offensively. Was night and day better. Yeah. In the second half of last year when he came up. Yeah. Like he, like an actual good offensive player. And then all of the other physical tools that he has the 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 speed running the bases playing defense all of those still there very much so. So um, that so, dovetails nicely into the extra inning rule because so the rule is runner on second to start all extra innings and it's the guy who made the last out or a pinch runner. It's not going to count as an earned run to the um, pitcher. It is as if the guy reached on an error. So that's how it's going to be scored. I started to look into, um, you know, first of all, how many, how much does this really help? Because last year, 8.6% of games or one of every 12 games went to extra innings in 2019. So it's not like a huge chunk of games. Yeah, the rule accomplishes the the pitching changes in the right in the in the uh, innings one through nine are going to be the reason why this thing takes forever. This is not going to be. But you have the three batter rule this year, too. Yeah, but there's still going to be more because of the the atmosphere and the uh, the importance of every single game, especially those last 30 games. My God, those are going to be intense games, all of them. So the rule accomplishes preventing 15-inning games because it certainly shortens the games. Minor league data has shown that um, games are shorter. Uh, I wrote it down. 43 games went more than three extra innings uh, in 2018 uh, and 19 when the rule was in place compared to 345 in 2016 and 17. It's a, it drastically shortens the extra innings. About 75% of extra inning games ended in the 10th inning. OK, so it yeah. works. Yeah. But but it doesn't necessarily it's not a pace of play fix. It's a we don't want to play 19 innings fix. Right. It's yeah. It's still nipping. It's it's not the uh, the exact reason why they're doing it. Pace of play, but it's part of the the time frames. They don't want them to go on. Yes, I agree. Uh, look, man, again, I, I don't care. This season's going to be very cool and I think fun to watch. I really I, I'm excited for it because I think it's going to be a tournament like feel all year long there's going to be a lot of intensity we 're going to hear from these guys more it's going to be a really, really, really interesting case study and how this whole season goes on without fans, shorter seasons like they're doing a lot of experimenting already, whether it's you know tweaking the game or not, just the fact that they're changing the schedule, the way that they're doing it more geographical. I think that the time frames are the time uh, the times of the start of the game are going to be a little bit different too obviously we don't have that, but if you look to see what NBA has done. Uh, with the beginning of their season, they're spreading these games out through the day. So, because fans don't have to be logistically concerned about getting to the ballpark after work, everybody who's working from home now can just turn on an NBA game at one o'clock in the afternoon, East Coast, and watch it. And the West Coast is watching this over over brunch or you know right before their their lunch break on on their work day. So, I do think they're going to be doing some experimenting with that, and I think this whole thing is going to be very interesting and how they use it moving forward in the new CBA and just like tweak the way that the schedule is done and like how things are perceived. Like I think fundamentally the game is not going to be changed that very much, but I think a lot of the stuff around it's going to be changed. If you could pick the start time of the Yankees games this, this summer, when, when they come back, what time would you have the game start? Five o'clock, five Oh five, o'clock. just to be weird. Five Oh seven. Five oh seven. Let's weekdays, go. Weekdays weekdays, I'm I'm with you. Five o'clock, beautiful. Five even six o'clock I, I could deal with. Five o'clock. Weekends, weekends. Give me like give me like ten thirty in the morning. Yeah, but then you have the, the problem is the West Coast is seven thirty in the morning. That's the so you can't go too early. And then no, if you but go like a the way, it's a Yankees the day, it's a Yankees game. The West Coast has their own. Th- that's games. true. Okay, fine. You're right. Good point. The but when you when you're going you, you don't want to cut into the middle of someone's weekend day either. Like I, well, see, I, actually I'm, like I'm having at my the weekends. beach for the next month, so I'm just going to be sitting on the beach. I'd love to pop on John Sterling at ten thirty in the morning, right? But also, you want to watch the games as much as you can too, right? So the fact is, you're going to be doing other things during the day, and they're going to be you're going to be competing with now we got people competing with going to the beach or going to, you know, wherever they're going to be doing on their on their summer day. Um, I actually like the later games. Even the four o'clocks are okay for me, but seven o'clocks. I'm good with the six to seven o'clock on the weekends. I can stay up a little bit later. I like having that as my end day. I like having to hang out during the day because I'm in an office all day long uh, for the weekday. So I'm okay with that. Weekdays, five o'clock, five o seven. Give me the start date, um, start time. The other thing the minor leaguers said about the extra inning rule, it it not it uh, kicks the drama into a higher gear. Yeah, and I I and I equate it. You know the college football time overtime rule where everyone's like in the red zone already. Kind of like what this it is, is going to be like. It is everyone it is, starts in scoring position. It's very similar to that. Yeah, you're right.
0: Uh, so yeah, that,
1: no, I think it's going to be interesting, man. Look, it's it's a get rid of the the purest fund the the whole baseball of what you know about. Like, get rid of that. This is this is the penalty shot. This is the the excitement of the end of the game. Like, is that guy going to be sent? Third base, third base coach now becomes like a big big deal in in how these games are won and lost. Like, we're going to be getting stats much more high-profile stats on the third base coach well, and, and how that arm is waving. I need Willie Randolph back on third, giving me the windmill. Are you ready for me to take all the fun out of it? Probably going to. I mean, it's just expected that you're going to do that. So go Because ahead. there's a run expectancy chart, which indicates what the analytic nerds will do in these situations based on what gives them the best chance of scoring. So my fear is that once the nerds get their hands on this every team is going to treat it the same yeah maybe because here it is let me break it down for you when a runner is on second base with no outs they you can expect at least one run to score 61% of the time okay so then the other team is going to say how do we get that percentage lower what do we do do we walk a guy do we walk the bases loaded to create a force out at every every out, and then the other team is going to say, "Do we bunt? Do we bunt the guy to third to get a guy on third with one out? Because a guy on third with one out only increases your chances of scoring to sixty six percent. Is that worth it? Is five percent worth it? It depends who it is. It depends who's up. It depends, depends who's coming who's up. Bat. So it if depends Aaron Judge is batting, if Aaron Judge is batting no bunting. Obviously. So this is this is a big deal because this is really what's this is going to com- I think that we're looking at the three minimum the three batter minimum. This is a a very big thing cuz now offense can set up, right? If you have guys on the bench, you can set up for something knowing that the pitcher is going to be in there. You know who's going to be pitching. So that's going to be a big deal for the offense to be able to strategery, you know, st- strategize their way through uh, a guy on second base, starting off the starting off of the uh, the inning. It'll be interesting, different different wrinkle for for strategy and the way that managers are going to go about things, and different wrinkle for when you want to save a guy for uh, a pinch hit or if, or if so, who's going to be running. A lot, lot of things to consider here. So um, exactly, and I think you know, the, a big part of it is depending on who where your order is when in the tenth inning when it comes up uh but i do i do expect that a lot of these teams will end up treating it the same way because the nerds have have figured out the math so here's an interesting thing pinch runners the speed guys a lot of times i mean this isn't true all the time but let's just say it is for my conversation's sake because it supports what i'm about to say the let's say that the speed guy is also a good bunter right he's a good bunter so you have a guy on second base who's the last out and it's uh you know an average speed uh, guy let's call it DJ LeMay who's on second base. Okay. Ready to you can you can either you can either now pinch hit T, uh uh Tyler Wade and get pinch, that runner. Pinch over. run. No, pinch hit. Pinch hit for for the next guy up who's who's a uh Well that's gonna be Aaron Judge. Okay, so. but let's just say it's not. Let's then it's not LeMayhu, whoever it is. It's a, a guy who hits more fly balls, okay? A, a more fly ball hitter. So you have a guy like Tyler Wade, you can either have on second base to run or you can have bunt over the average running the average speed guy on second base. So is it more important to get him over or have the speed guy on second base for the potential that the flyball guy finds some green? Because now yeah. you're 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 deciding where you're going to move this one guy in a situation you're moving a runner over, or you need the speed on second base. Ideally, Tyler Wade isn't your bunt guy, and maybe like, see, I feel like maybe Higgy can bunt. No, why not? I just don't think he can bunt. Romine was a good bunter. Romine was an average, but there's nobody who's really that good of a bunter anymore. It's Tyler Wade start. should be a good bunter, honestly. Like he needs to go to like the KBO school of bunting and just figure that out. <laughs> when so they do the a, target practice. Yeah, he could be a freaking weapon. I mean <laughs> I mean, talk about a weapon now. You got a Tyler Wade who can lay down a bunt, however he can do he could he could bunt it with a little flop in the air. It's like a it's like a short game for a golfer. He goes out Bunch there and, and just sep- masters that it Bunch is if it's sexy. Tyler Wade. Tyler Wade might be on second base if he bunts in the right spot. Yeah, but he's probably never practiced because it's not sexy. That's what he needs to. do. He needs to make it sexy. These guys need to reinvent the wheel a little bit and make their own thing. Who is the Yankees' best bunter? Would you say? Like people would probably automatically say Brett Gardner, but I don't think Brett Gardner's a good bunter. He bun- he drag bunts sometimes, but sacrifice bunter. Like I've seen him f- flub sacrifice bunts before. Everybody's flub sacrifice bunts before. Uh, there's, I mean, but name a better one. You're not getting Glaber bunting. You're not getting uh, does LeMahieu maybe. I I could see Lemayhu being yeah, a very LeMahieu's good bunter. probably the Yankees' best bunter. He could probably sack bunt, you know, as well as anybody. He's just like getting the squaring up and getting the ball down. Like I, if you I, if, I'm, in, if you're gonna put a gun to my head and say like this next guy has to get this bunt down the first base line, and you got Max Scherzer on the mound, like who are you gonna pick? I'm picking Lemayhu. You know how he, my uh, my life will be in his hands. In batting practice, how the guys always bunt the first one. Yeah. And they always probably, ha- they, you know, everyone half-asses it. Lemay he's probably the only one who takes it seriously. And he probably asks for three. <laughs> Throw one at my head. Let me see if I can bunt it. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He's getting wrenches thrown at him. He's getting like all of these different things. He's, he's bunting golf balls. That's how good he is. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, and like, that, that's how pros do it. You, you drill with, you drill with smaller balls. Let's go. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Anything else you want to discuss? No, I think that's good, man. Like, I want to see these guys show up. They're coming. It's great. We're going to see guys. We're going to see grown ass men men throwing baseballs back and forth three months after they were supposed to see it. We did see it and they got taken away. We're going to see it again. What are we going to see for coverage of spring camp or summer camp, do you think? I think we're going to see a lot of it. I think we're going to see a lot of mic'd up guys. I think we're going to see a well, lot of stories. Well, the thing is, they have to. Lot they do have to stuff. limit. They do have to limit access. Like that is also a factor. There's so, going to be a lot of Zoom access. There's going to be a lot of like tele access. I think. Well, do you think because it's going to be at Yankee Stadium? So this is another thing. You have one field at Yankee Stadium. I know you have indoor batting cages and stuff like that, but you have one field. Are they going to play inter squad games? Like, you know, a morning inter squad game and an afternoon. Inter-squad do you, you squad don't think game? they're going to use any of the outside fields? You don't think they're going to like prep around Yankee stadium? Yeah. That'd be awesome. Are you out of your goddamn mind? I would love it. Are they going to be using the, same, are they be the, the same wall? Are they Maybe to be they'll send the backups on the same wall as I did because the bathrooms are locked. <laughs> Maybe they'll send the the backups to the, uh, to the old field. The old yeah, park no, yeah. The there. taxi squad. You got like an a, an a and a B. Judge can, and Stan aren't going out you there. You go outside. That field <laughs> you... is like, it's like up and down. If it's, that's probably oh, no, an it. twist. They got to fix it. Yeah. You got to get the, the YMCA guys out there to fix that, that thing. Oh my God, I can't believe you thought they would send them out there. That would be a circus. I need them to send them out there. I want them to send them out there. That's not happening. It'd be more fun. They could go out there with the the (laughs) drive-in movie theater. Is there anybody on the Yankees who played at the old Yankee Stadium? Gardner. Brett Gardner. Gardner. But no one else, right? No, Brett Gardner. I feel like I'm missing somebody. Anyway, that would be hilarious if they sent them out to that field to to, to get some get some practice in. But would, yeah, I it's gonna be interesting. It. I think I'm, they're, they're gonna, gonna probably they should film some stuff out there. Well, I think they're probably gonna set up some like sort of auto live feed cameras in the in the stadium. I mean, but you gotta you know, be careful with those things. cameras. Why? It's cause they gotta be they gotta be regulated and flagged. Make sure that everybody knows where they are. Make sure those red lights are on. Yeah. All right. That's gonna do it. We, uh, there's not going to be a history episode this coming Friday, which is, um, you know, everything's closed. It's a holiday for, for July 4th. Um, um, at the beach. So I don't know. <laughs> getting, getting your mind right for the players coming, man, probably not going to do a history episode, but the latest one was about the Yankees 1978 comeback. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it, Scott, but my God, what a season. Yeah. That, I mean, when you look at the amount, the insurmountable, uh, lead that they had and they overcome you you understand why red sox fans hated the yankees at that point and why the rivalry was so good because the yankees v- just kept stepping on the red sox just like putting but it wasn't just down. it wasn't just the red sox that they had to overcome they had to overcome themselves and their own obstacles which yeah. were almost more insurmountable than the red sox yeah but when history is looking at it and you see the the numbers the amount of games that they overcame. 14 back on july 19th yeah that's crazy that's crazy yeah. The, against uh, an in-division, that's, that's, that's nuts. That really is one of those. So wow. one of my favorite things I learned from this episode is that uh, when Sparky Lyle didn't want to show up for spring training in 1978 because he was upset that the Yankees signed Goose Gossage to be the closer. Yeah. When he finally showed up and he showed up to the airport, George Steinbrenner hired a 100-person marching band to play Pomp and Circumstance when he got off the airplane, which was his entry music. The, you hilarious. know the graduation music was Sparky yeah, yeah. Lyle's entry music, so so he hired a marching band to be at the airport for him. Steinberg was a goddamn lunatic. I love that. I wish we had more of that. Could you imagine a marching band showing up for somebody right now? Like that's that's how you get that's how you make some noise. Go old school. <laughs> he was and a do showman in real life. Stieberner was a showman. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's so and it's and it's just like. Calling so much attention because, you know, it's all, it's all his, the attention it's, it's all, but it's all like that. Like, yes, it's his song and all that, but it's also like mocking you at the same time. Uh-huh. It's Sparky Lyle was not happy. He asked for a trade.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it backfired. Yeah. It's pretty
1: funny. <laughs> uh But go check out that episode if you haven't. Um th- That was the 15th episode. So if you guys, you know, people might be joining the po- rejoining the podcast because baseball news that baseball is back. Maybe they didn't know about the history episodes. There's been 15 of them. Go check those out. And there will be more. They might just be less frequent now that we're ramping back up to the regular regular schedule. Um, anything else, Scott? You want to go make sure your house isn't caving in? I want to make sure that my house isn't caving in. The fact that my ceiling potentially is just mush at this point i have no idea how much water is in between my uh, my floors at this point so yeah we're gonna go see what happens hopefully uh hopefully i still have a, a kitchen <laughs> talk to you guys next week. hey guys thanks for listening to the bronx pinstripe show make sure you find us on itunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone if you do like the show We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it, and go Yankees.